0: Are you sitting way too close to the refrigerator and having too many visits to the refrigerator while quarantined at home? Well, the combination of work from home and high stress is creating a whole new problem for many people, weight gain. With a combination of stress eating and reduced activity, if we're not careful, those spring clothes are not going to be fitting so well. How can you protect yourself? I'm about to talk to one of the leading experts on weight loss and maintenance, Dr. Lisa Young. I'm Sarah Heiner, and this is the Bottom Line Advocator Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us at the end and please share this podcast so that other people are also able to fit into their spring clothes. I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. And I'm thrilled to welcome back Dr. Lisa Young, registered dietitian and nutritionist. She's a recognized portion control expert and professor of nutrition in the Department of Nutrition and Food Stories at NYU. She's also the author of The Portion Teller Plan, and her latest book, Finally Full, Finally Slim, 30 Days to Permanent Weight Loss, One Portion at a Time. You can learn more about Dr. Young and her work at drlisayoung.com. Welcome, Lisa. It's so great to have you back in spite of the circumstances under which we're talking.
1: Yes, it is a pleasure, Sarah, and I hope that you and all are staying safe.
0: Thankfully, we are all good, and the sun is out today, which is a beautiful thing. Um, So you and I were trading emails the other day about a totally separate topic, and you said, you know, Sarah... There's a really big problem going on under this quarantine, which is weight loss, weight gain going on. You know, and I've talked in other podcasts about collateral damage of coronavirus and panic and anxiety and increased heart attacks and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I hadn't really thought about increased weight gain in spite of all my runs up and down to the refrigerator and all the snack times going on. So that's a really big issue and an issue that people are going to have to deal with when we get back out. So what are you seeing? Let's start there. What What have you seen so far?
1: You know, I'm seeing mixed things. And what I'm seeing, and I think it's great that we're talking now, is because it doesn't have to mean that because your schedule is changing and you're staying home, that it automatically means weight gain. But what it means is that it could mean weight gain. However, with some a few tweaks to our typical daily routine, and being mindful and being conscious and really being proactive, it doesn't
0: have to lead to weight gain. Well, it all, good. Excellent. Cause um, you know, and it's so funny. I always joke about, you know, weight, on the one hand, I've got all sorts of excuses for why I might be gaining weight, including my advancing age. And then I remind myself always that it's like my hand on the refrigerator door, my hand on the bag of chips, my hand on whatever it is. Um, so it's good to know that, yes, we can you know, adjust ourselves accordingly. Let's back up for a second, though, and see like where, just so that people are aware, like they're home, they kind of know they're near the refrigerator, they know they're snacking more, but let's just run down some of the differences that are actually changing and affecting their body. Um, I mean, one of the things, and again, I've talked about this in other podcasts, just this constant stress that we're under and our bodies are bathing itself in cortisol which means our bodies are protecting itself and it's a natural thing that happens when when under stress with more cortisol is you just absorb like your body just holds on to fat and you know weight gain sugar fat all that sort of stuff in order to have it for fuel for for emergencies right
1: yeah but i think the bigger issue really with all of this is mindless eating being home which could lead to people being stressed and eating out of a bag. I think that's going to have a greater impact. The stress eating more than hormones, uh, I would think, but it doesn't have to be that way because you're not eating out. And as we talked earlier, you're not eating yeah. restaurants. And restaurant portions are usually lots bigger than the portions we serve at home and the calories and all the fat and things that they add in restaurant portions in restaurant foods make restaurant food more caloric. So we're eating at home, maybe cooking or preparing. And so we have more control, which is a positive.
0: Absolutely. I think that I think it's actually all part of the soup. So like the, the environment, like I was talking with Jacob Teitelbaum the other day, about anxiety, like our bodies are now in an environment to be sensitive to it. So we've, we've got this stressed body and now we've got also a lack of activity. Like even though I might exercise each morning, it's a twenty foot walk between my bedroom and my desk, <laughs> so there's no like natural walking through the day. So, we, like our activities are lower, our bodies aren't burning as much. You know, I mean, does that is that part of the process as well? Let alone proximity to the refrigerator, stress eating, desire for comfort food, all that sort of stuff.
1: Oh, absolutely! And you know, I'm someone who's a swimmer and a yogi. I'm not swimming right now, and I'm taking online you know, yoga classes. And while there are many great YouTube videos, I don't know if it's the same. You know, I don't know. Probably not.
0: Yeah. I think that you want, like somehow being in person, you, you just work harder when you're in the class, when someone's really looking at you and making you accountable.
1: Like And yeah. yes. I, good. It,
0: yeah. I mean, totally. Or like when other people are looking across your way, you can't really half, half do your downward dog or half put your knees up. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're all trying, which is good, but I think, yes, I mean, I'm making sure somehow i I keep telling myself to just make sure I go out for a walk in the evening as well. Fortunately, I have a dog. So
1: yes, me the too. Dog... Me, having a dog is the best, best, best thing and the best way to get extra exercise. Cause you've got to go out You've got to take your dog out.
0: It's true. Although my dog, they have, you know, they have rules now. All the dogs have to be leashed. And my poor dog who never was on a leash when we're at the park and he's just doesn't understand, you know, and you can't really explain, no, you didn't do anything wrong, but you can't run free.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't want you don't want other people petting the dogs. You know, we don't know the whole germ thing has just gotten out of control. You just don't know what's safe and what's not. No, you really don't.
0: It's so crazy. So in terms of activity though, and I know, you know, you're focused mostly on portion, but the, and we'll talk about all the portions and the food strategies, You know, again, like, but when we're moving, our body can burn more. Like, do we just inherently also have to think about at home a reduction in the amount of food we're eating because we're not moving as much, because we're under, like, you know, just a a shift in that basic premise?
1: I don't know. I don't think you want to be so, you know, we don't want to add stress we don't want to become more stressed because of the food issue. So right. I think what you want to do, instead of looking at it as an equation, well, I'm burning less calories, we want to do it as, let's create healthy meal plans. Let's watch what we eat and let's try to make an effort to do some house walking or to get outside or to take a break. And even though it's sort of a contrived exercise, I think if you sort of, set an alarm or put it you know, on your phone or do something where you know you're going to take that break and walk around the house or walk up and down the stairs or walk outside, you could try to get a little bit more exercise without worrying about sort of counting up the calories that you're burning, so to so to speak.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm more thinking just the movement and just being sure to be able to, to move or to realize that we're not moving as much. So here's a different question. Well, you know, you talked about, we have access to the chip and and I will acknowledge. i you know, that's that's my one, um, my one little vice is is salty, crunchy snacks. And then you have like the big bag. And I know it's suicide to have the big bag open versus oh, yeah. to <laughs> versus to take some and put it into the portion and put it into the bowl. It is the worst thing to
1: eat straight out of a bag. First of all, we're buying big bags, the bigger, the better, because we don't want to keep going to the supermarket. So we have bigger bags and you open the bag, you take a handful, you're walking around, you're eating. It doesn't register that you even ate. So there's two options and two very simple tricks, Sarah, that really do wonders. One is like you have, let's say you're doing Nuts. You know, you have a quarter of a cup measuring cup where you take a handful, stick it in a bowl, sit down, eat it, enjoy it. That's one way to go. If you're consciously
0: woman, pay attention to what I'm eating versus multitasking? Exactly. <laughs>
1: <other way> to <laughs> do what, is, what is
0: this conscious
1: eating? Yes, exactly. But what you <laughs> have, the other thing you could do, and then you don't have to think about it, you just think about it once, is you have a bunch of little baggies and you open up the nuts or the chips or whatever it is. And you look at the portion on the label, the serving size, it'll usually say, and you'll, depending on what it is, nuts, a quarter of a cup, popcorn, three cups. So it depends what it is. And you put it into bags, Ziploc bags. And so when you want your snack, nuts, chips, whatever it is, not that you should be having a lot of chips, but when you, it's time for that snack, you just take out that Ziploc baggie. It's pre-portioned for you. You don't have to think.
0: You know, it's so funny. We just actually... Um, I don't know if it's an issue that's out or it's an issue that's going to be out soon. We always have a little tidbit in bottom line personal. We call it easy to do. And we have a tidbit from you because people eat in portions versus quantities. So you had a suggestion at some point about, you know, cutting your pizza into 16 pieces instead of eight. So you psychologically get your two pieces in, but for the same one piece calories.
1: It's true. It's so true. So it's, you know, they, they eat whatever portion they're served, you know. So if it's like they eat in units, you know what I mean? So if the pizza's yep. cut into eight, they'll eat one-eighth. If the pizza's cut into 16, you know, they'll eat um, one-sixteen. And when Yogi Berra was asked, do you want my, do you want your pizza cut into four slices or six slices? He said, oh, my God, I can never eat six. Just cut, just I'll eat the whole pot. <laughs> one, right? You gotta
0: love Yogi Berra.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had that one very cute quote.
0: I love it. He had many quotes. Um, So before we get into some of your other strategies to be able to counteract the weight gain, what is it about the, the, the desire, again, under stress and snacking for what I'll call comfort food? Like it's, you know, salt and sugar and fat. Nobody ever craves broccoli. And yet broccoli is so much more satisfying to your body.
1: You know, there could be some metabolic things going on, but I think what's really happening is we seek foods we crave and we go back to whether it's a childhood thing or something that we were used to in the past and we give in and we say we like the flavor or the taste of this, even though half the time you don't even like what you're eating. You're just eating mindlessly, and you're just thinking that the eating will calm the stress, which as we know, it'll only make it worse.
0: Well, especially when it comes to sugar, which <laughs> to has sugar. been documented that it just increases your risk of anxiety, oddly depression, like all sorts of stuff Bad yeah. news.
1: yes, although it's it's different, you know the, the extent of it is gonna vary with people, so it will be different with different people. Uh, but the point is is that, There is no healthy effect of sugar. So absolutely, by all means, if we want to try to limit, we want to try to limit that as much as we we possibly can. But one of the things that I suggest to people, and it might be counterintuitive, but I say block out and enjoy a treat every day. And when people know that they are allowed to have that one treat, the hundred calorie thing, whether it has a little sugar or it has a little salt or it has whatever, they know they can have it. They have something to look forward to. And um, it's satisfying. And it's satisfying. If it's, it makes... if it's really quality. Exactly.
0: My daughter and I went the other day, there's this great little bakery that's still open, um, artisan bakery, all super fine ingredients. And they're doing curbside drop-off. And we ordered a loaf of sourdough bread. And it has like the good, hearty, like the sourdough starter. I don't know when they started it. And the woman on the phone said, we just baked these oatmeal cranberry cookies. Do you want one? And I generally don't eat it. My daughter's around. I said, okay, i got one. And we got one. And I had just a taste of it. And we literally were talking about how satisfying that one taste was because it was the real stuff. Like when when it's the, the real butter and the real sugar and the real whole, you know, all done right, one taste was enough. I didn't feel compelled to keep putting more in my body.
1: Yeah. And you also legalized it and you didn't feel guilty and you didn't eat the, you know, you didn't, you kind of embraced it. And food should be something that should be embraced as opposed to feared.
0: Yeah. And I love your attitude toward it, that it's not, you know, your whole view on on eating and eating strategies is not punishment that it really is making it work in the lifestyle, which I love.
1: Yes. All
0: right. So let's talk about some of your other suggestions to counteract all this at home near the refrigerator, nowhere to go, nothing to do. What am I going to eat now? Um, And you had in your recent blog, something about structuring your day, you referred to it earlier. So talk about that
1: for a sec. Structuring your day is the, absolute key to being successful in managing this change in our, our routine. Because when you get up and go to work, you know, you have, you define, things. you know, you wake up, you get out of your pajamas, you take a shower, you go to work, or you go bring the kids to school, or you just take your dog to the park or whatever it is that you're doing. But you're sort of creating a sense of structure that's built in. Now that we're home all the time, and we may jump out you know once in a while but now that we're home we don't have that sense of structure and everything gets blurred the kitchen the eating the kids schooling the work and so by creating that sense of structure sarah and creating a plan and the plan does not have to look the same for everyone so people can wake up at different times some people eat right away in the first thing in the morning some people have families and want to eat with the family as long as you create a structure for the family or for yourself that works, that's what's important, and you stick to that structure. I mean, now, is
0: this structure just your food structure, but or is it like your whole day? Like you put something in your blog, said get up and get dressed it's instead whole, of staying in your pajamas all day.
1: Yeah, I think it's your whole day because I also think that you've got to mark on the calendar when you're going to exercise, and you know you don't have to mark on the calendar a five minute break, but you know when you're going to cook. When you're going to exercise, you know, you're going to get up and shower. So yes, it is actually the whole day.
0: And do you, are you a, does it matter in your mind whether people get up and exercise first thing in the morning or they do it later in the day?
1: I think people have to do it at a time that's going to be workable for them. For people who are telecommuting now and can work whenever, like some people have to work certain hours. So if you have to work in a eight to three, eight to four, then you don't have a choice. But for people that could work when they want and pick the hours, I find that they do better when they exercise either first thing in the morning or after a few hours, I think the later the time goes, the more likely it is that one is not going to do it. But with that said, if you put it on your calendar and you're a better late later in the day exerciser, then that could work too.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I, the other day I was, I'm a get up and exercise person. And the other day I had to do something else before I exercised and one thing led to another, led to another. And I never did exercise that day. I took the dog for a long walk, but the exercise didn't happen for exactly what you're saying. There's always something that comes up.
1: Yeah. So do a 30 minute, 30 minute video. And I, I think the other, one of the other things that's, that's challenging is we are, you know, everything is blurred and we're just not paying attention. And so we get so, and we get so many emails. I feel like we're getting, I don't know about you, but I'm getting an extra hundred emails a day just with all the Zoom classes that that also creates. And I think it's great that the community and that there are other things, but I think it is so, it's such an added stress to people that they have to really watch that.
0: Well, I think everyone is trying really hard to figure out how to stay in business, how to stay connected, and you know, and they they talk about like if you can compartmentalize your day with your email in general, that it reduces your stress and it increases your productivity because the the binging and the bonging constantly, you know, we're all we're all Pavlov's dog, right? Ooh, what came in now? Ooh, what came in now?
1: Yes, totally. Yeah. totally.
0: Now this the structuring your day. I mean, this is this is really great advice for now, but this is actually something. Anyone working from home anytime, as there are you know an increasing number of telecommuters. I mean, just the basic premise of structuring your day when you're at home is crucial. How about even for retirees? I think they should structure
1: their day too. I think the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, I realize like this is we're talking about this for for this time frame of quarantine, but there are actually a lot of people who you know, their lives change for one reason, or another, and they're suddenly at home. They might've retired. They might be new moms or at home. You know, you always hear about the new moms who can't manage to get up and get themselves showered and, you know, creating that structure and then adjusting your food, food patterns appropriately fits for all those people.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the structure is going to be different and you want to know yourself. I mean, just like some people stay up later, Some people go to sleep earlier, which you don't want to do. Like I had a client yesterday, she has a job. So she's getting up at eight 30 and she's going to work, you know, at home, but she has to be there at nine. She's staying up till two in the morning. I said, no, 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 you can't do that. But for someone, you know, who can work whatever hours they want or whatever, you could shift your hours a little bit, but you can't burn the candle on both ends and that you have to be very, very conscious of that. And I bring up sleep because when you're stressed, that adds a problem. When you're sleep deprived, you end up eating more and that can create more stress. So you really want to carve out that time for sleep and make sure yeah. that you carve it out.
0: Well, and right now it's actually the double whammy because not only um, when you're stressed, you're you you know you're eating more, but also you know, they talk about how when you're sleep deprived, it reduces your immune strength. Absolutely. So the, the more sleep you are, the better you'll be able to fight and pre- protect yourself from the virus.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. So let's go back to that mindful eating. That is it. the not eating with the big bag of chips at my side. Um, you talk about planning meals and not necessarily grazing or snacking. Say that again. But eating mindfully. Let's talk about eating mindfully. So you've talked about planning meals and not necessarily grazing all day long. Like some people are grazers, but especially when you're home where it's so tempting to snack all day. Yeah. Versus to plan the meals.
1: Yeah. I think you're really better off planning your meals. And depending on who you are, you might do three meals and two snacks. You might do two meals. You might do however you do it. But I think nibbling over the course of the day is a mistake. And did you?
0: I was going to ask you about, never mind. I was going to ask you about planning meals and like three meals a day, like family meals versus eating alone. Um, You just have a suggestion to don't eat at your desk, to take a lunch break.
1: Yeah, take a lunch break. Don't eat at your desk. And I think you want to think about two to three meals, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and two snacks, or whether you do a little something mid-morning and then do lunch, dinner, or however it is that you do it. But I think when I think about the grazing throughout the day, I think about someone who doesn't sit down for meals. And just nibbles and nibbles and nibbles and nibbles throughout the day. That's the one thing that I want to avoid. If somebody prefers eating smaller meals, that's fine as long as they sit down and eat it. But the problem is so many people have a problem with portion control. So as soon as you have this meal, even if it's a mini meal, it often ends up not being a mini meal, which is why I think you're better off having the three meals, two snack kind of day.
0: Well, also for those grazers, does it t- if they're if they're grazing grabbing something that's higher in sugar versus something that's you know more sustainable, more protein or you know healthy fats or something is part of their problem that they keep going back because of their blood sugar that it goes up and down and up and down so that they're just I not all they're also not picking the right item at that moment.
1: I think they're probably not picking the right item. I don't think it's a blood sugar thing. I think it's more of a habit. I think it's it's more of an unhealthy habit that they're getting used to,
0: yeah. Okay, Um, so let's talk. But you also you had a great idea, actually, when you said don't eat your desk and take a lunch break. But you also said, you know, it's easy to be disconnected when we're home now, even though a lot of people like you're on the phone and stuff. But to take a break and actually Zoom with colleagues or somebody like connect with somebody over lunch just as a as a to break up the day a little.
1: I think that that's a great idea. That's why I had written that, because I think that you could have a lunch date. And you can eat at your desk if you're doing something, if you're doing eat it, if you're eating, you know, what you don't want to do is eat at your desk by yourself when you're focused on work. And that that's what can create the problem. The mindless eating. Exactly. But if yes. you say, okay, let's have a Zoom, you know, Sarah, let's have lunch together. You know, let's Zoom in at 12. What are you eating? What am I eating? And we're sitting down to the act of eating, even though we're eating alone, we're sort of enjoying the flavor. We're carving out the time to eat. And I think that's what's so important. Yeah. And making it conscious. Yeah. Um,
0: All right. So let's talk about portions. Do we need, I started to ask you this before, do I need to make my portions a little smaller because we're not moving as much right now?
1: You don't necessarily need to make your portions smaller. What you want to do is, you know, re-architect your plate. Make sure half your plate is fruits and veggies. So you just want to have bigger portions of the lower calorie, healthier foods. And then you can have smaller portions of the more fattening things. So, but the whole plate doesn't necessarily have to be smaller. We want to watch calories without counting them, but you want to just reorganize and reportion, I think is what I wrote, reportion your plate.
0: All right. So your normal ratio on a plate, you've got half veggies, a quarter of it is protein, like a healthy protein, and then a quarter of it is like a complex carb, like a brown rice or a whole grain something. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and that's the same that rule still applies, but most people don't do it. So now you really, <laughs> now you really want to be conscious to do it. That's the thing.
0: Well, you have to look at it not just from the top down, but you have to look at how high you're piling it as well,
1: right? <laughs> oh, yes, exactly, exactly. it has got a good point because if you can, you know, I remember those salad bars that people used to go and you can't go back, but you can get as much as you want this one time. So right. people would go to the salad bar, and as they're going back to their table from the salad bar, like pieces of broccoli and food would be falling right. off because it was, it was piled so high to the sky.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't count if you're only at a, On a fraction of the plate, but it's piled three inches high with pasta.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So,
0: what are your favorite? You know, let's let's talk about that. The the snacking. Um, and you like carb a little. You like a combination that you you like snacks that are a little carbs and protein and fat, right? So that it kind of cuts across all categories.
1: Yeah. What I had written in my book, and finally full, finally slim. I have a chapter called and the, the snacking chapter, I call it, I say, create the perfect pair. So you don't have to do all three things, but you want to do, you don't just want to do a carb. You don't just want to do a protein. You don't just want to do a fat. You want to have at least two. And by combining them, that is going to be the best to help you be full, be satisfied and stabilize your blood sugar at the same time. So for example, instead of just carrot sticks, you can just eat carrots and celery till you're blue in the face. Add some hummus. Instead of just whole grain crackers, have some avocado. So have avocado toast or avocado with crackers, which is fat, and then carbs. Instead of an apple, add some peanut butter with that or have a handful of nuts. So by mixing two things, you're really going to get the most.
0: And how how about, um, like, my favorite,
1: popcorn? Popcorn's good. Great, because popcorn has fiber. So popcorn is a great snack and you know what makes it even better drizzling a little bit of parmesan cheese or sprinkling like a you know some shredded mozzarella on it and then putting it in the microwave for like 20 seconds.
0: Oh that sounds insanely good. I was, I make my popcorn on the stovetop yeah. with oil like the good old fashioned way. Yeah, that's, no that's, which that's people true. think people think that's so complicated it's so easy to do and so much healthier than um, microwave popcorn in general.
1: Just yeah, different no. than
0: when you take the popcorn and put the cheese on top
1: I think it's a great idea. And one of the things is we also want to embrace the positive. There's so much negativity and negative on the news, which we can't control. We can't help it. It's very difficult times now. So you want to try to look at, you know, what are you grateful for? And what's positive, even with the food, you're staying home. You have more control over what goes in your mouth. You do because You have 30 minutes for lunch at the job, and you can only go to certain places, and you got to eat it in a rush. You have limited choices. So, you do, there are a lot of positive things. You don't have to commute. So, you could take that extra time and say, okay, I'm going to do an artificial exercise during my commute time. Right.
0: Well, I got to tell you, my refrigerator hasn't been this full in years. (laughs) 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 Nobody and everyone.
1: Passover coming tomorrow, forget it.
0: (laughs) You know? now, yeah. Now you're really, really packed. But I mean, we were, I was always a um, kind of go to the grocery store every day or every other day. What do I feel like eating tonight? And now I've got so many choices in my refrigerator. And then also because I'm cooking every night and I usually don't, I'll cook, you know, a couple times a week. Like now you get bored. Like I'm like looking to experiment more um, with different seasonings, different recipes Um, And even back, back to popcorn for a second, like I know putting like spices on or herbs on the popcorn that makes it a little more savory instead of just a straight butter or, you know, I love the cheese idea. Um, But even like a little black pepper or some turmeric or like some different flavors um, to experiment with at this point in time.
1: Yes, definitely. The spices are great and herbs and they're also anti-inflammatory, you know, and they're also very good for you. Do You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, again, there's so many interesting things that people are discovering. What, what we look like when we come out of this, this whole place is going to be so fascinating. Um, you know, there's going to be all sorts of increased fears and paranoia and stuff. But on the other hand, there's also been this great exploration, like a reconnection of family, exploration of different foods and different activities that we'd all forgotten about. It's really going to be an interesting and exciting time.
1: Oh, no, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's scary time because everything is so different. And I think because everything is so different, I think that is the part. And there's there's a lot of unknowns. And I think because of the unknowns, people are more fearful. But there will be positive things that will come out of it. And we want to just, you know, try to keep our chin up, be happy and embrace healthy eating. And there's actually research I saw that uh, when I was doing research for my book that we don't know what came first, but is it happier people eat more fruits and vegetables or or are they happier because they eat the fruits and vegetables or do they eat the fruits and vegetables and then they become happy? So whatever it is, another case for let's eat more fruits and vegetables.
0: Yeah, totally. So it's interesting. Now I'll do I'll do a famous and infamous Sarah Heiner connect things that are totally unconnected, but you know you're, you're talking about the fear right now, and one of the big things is we have no control. We have no idea when it's going to end. There isn't a cure. There isn't a vaccine. Now there's never been a cure for the flu either. So we you know this false sense of there's got to be a cure, right? So there's this lack of control. Piece one, piece two, eating disorders are all about control, aren't they? where yep. that's like, that's one thing that people are able to control. So do those pieces connect now in some way that again, like where, you know, food is such a thing, everybody, you know, the hoarding, the grocery store and all that. Is that a place where like, we can all feel like we've got some control over our
1: worlds? Um, I don't know. I think for some people, yes. For some people, No. You know, the hoarding thing is a scary thing because I think we haven't seen this. You know, this is not something we've seen. And in a normal course, what we tell people, you know, to watch with eating is not to hoard food because the more you have in your house, the more you're going to end up eating. So I think it is, in a way, a control thing. I do. I think it, it is, but I guess different people are going to respond and act differently with it. But people want to have control over their lives. And interestingly, somebody, for example, with an eating disorder, they want to retain control over their eating, but they have not, they have no control. You know, that's the challenge. they have a harder time controlling it. So you don't want to have a rigid control, but you want to have some control. That's what's most important.
0: Right. Which then comes back to creating, putting the structure into your day. Because right, all that cycles back to now I've got a little bit more control and I know where I'm going and I know what my day is going to be like and I know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. And that there's a, a kind of a sense of calm and plan to it.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think so. What yeah. do you think of,
0: here's a totally out of the blue question. It's just like totally random. What do you think of polenta?
1: Polenta's good. Oh. Polenta is very good. It's a grain. So you have to know that it's, you know, that it's in the grain family. People often get confused and they think, well, I'm going to have rice and polenta. No, you're going to either have you're going to have broccoli and then you're going to have rice or polenta. And again, vary it up. I love kasha. So different grains are really what's best.
0: Yeah. One of the things I've started doing, I don't do this often, but every time I do it, I go, wow, that was good. A little bit of oil in the pan and slice the polenta because I I don't do it from scratch like those tubes. And you just slice it and kind of brown it and then put a little pesto on it. Oh, my God, it's so good. Is it good for me? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, what are your what are some other grains that people don't think about?
1: Amaranth, farro, wild rice. Some people think brown or white, but wild is great. Yeah, you know I mean the wild is great. Um, you know, uh, and even not a grain, but sweet potato, butternut squash, baked potato. Those are healthy starches, and I put healthy starches and grains in the same category because they really have a very similar calorie carb you know uh, fiber profile if you pick healthy starches so I think that for people who don't want to have the grains they can do the vegetables corn as well as an option
0: right yeah somehow we still we need those like carbs um, do you have any suggestions for parents who are juggling not just their own being at home and their own stresses, But also they've got now their kids who are kind of little snack monsters all day long.
1: Oh, I had a mother call me freaking out about her 13-year-old and saying, diabetes runs in the family and people with COVID-19 are not doing well if they're diabetic. I said, relax. (laughs) There's a stretch. Speaking of stretching. Yes. Your daughter is 13. Let her enjoy her life. Let her enjoy herself. You want to have some structure. But I think what's happening with some parents is they're seeing themselves. You know, they're seeing, is my kid going to be out of control? Am I going to, are they going to be like me, like little monsters? You know, so we all have to also be nice to ourselves as well.
0: Is there, are there strategies for like, I mean, I always laugh at parents who complain about their kids eating food. Well, you brought it in the house. If you don't want to have your kid eating a sleeve of Oreos, don't bring them in the house.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Don't bring them in the house. And I say, bring one type of cookie in the house. If you're going to have cookies or you're going to have, you know, cereal that are sugar sweetened, pick one because the more variety you have, the more you eat. And if you think one type of ice cream, one type of cookie, one type of something, you go through that. And then you'll, you know, even if you need to have two boxes at the same time of the same one, so you don't want to run to the supermarket all the time. But when you have, five different open bags of cookies, you will eat one of each. So have rule: only have one open thing at a time.
0: Right. And the kids again, because then they want to bounce across all of it. Um, I've had, we baked cookies. My daughter wanted to bake cookies the other night. So we baked cookies, which was great. Kept a few out. The rest went in the freezer. Great idea. And it's a nice activity. Um, Anything else in terms of parenting and snacking, and their own eating, and managing the kids through this time.
1: Make sure that the kids also have enough vegetables, because I think that one of the things that you want to say to children is not, do you want carrots, or do you want broccoli, or eat your broccoli, eat your carrots. Give them a little bit of choice. Talk about control. Let them think they're in control. Would you like carrots or broccoli tonight? And really by making, you know, would you like cantaloupe or watermelon? Would you like, you know, um, a baked apple or just a plain apple? And that's a way to get them to also to sneak positive nutrients and healthy calories. So food shouldn't be about just taking this away and talking about junk food, but it should be about what else we can add that's going to be healthy things that they're putting in their body at the same time.
0: Yeah. And that's a perfect opportunity to get the kids participating in mealtime as well. Um, I mean, obviously they can't go to the grocery store, but to participate in cooking and experimenting.
1: Getting kids to experiment is a great thing. And even even say, you know, if kids after school, like five o'clock, put that on the calendar. We talked about setting the structure on the calendar. You know, let's have a cooking class. Let's go online and make a recipe together. You know, and then you say to your daughter or your son, which one would you rather do? This one or that one? And let's help together in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. Well, and how is it also, so to start teaching the kids portion, like let the kids set up the plates. So if they start plating the food and they say how much, so then you're able to help teach them that, you know, here's here's, here's what the serving of meat should be. Here's what the serving of vegetables should be.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea that the kids can plate it. And you can start with, you know, kids often, I remember when my niece was very young, she would be like, I'll have pink fish. I like the pink fish. And she was referring to salmon. And depending on the age of your kids, you know, kids like a white plate. And that's not cauliflower. They like white pasta or white potato with, you know, with butter or whatever. So you want to also stress, let's make the plate colorful. So let's put, let's plate out half the plate with colorful different fruits and ve- different vegetables. and the frozen veggies I've been really you know advocating for them because they're really very healthy and they're easy to store and to keep around and you could also get a mix. you can get the medley of cauliflower, broccoli, carrots and you can red peppers. there's so many different mixes and so to really stress with the kids not calories but also color and health at the same time.
0: Do you have a secret to cooking frozen vegetables so that they're not all mush? Because I know nutritionally, they're much better, actually, than a lot of fresh, even.
1: Well, you put it in the microwave. I mean, you have to probably do two minutes at a time and then see how they are, because you don't want to put five minutes, because that might be too long. So you're going to have to do two minutes and then maybe go back if necessary, and then drizzle it with olive oil, sesame oil. You definitely need to add a sauce or something, but you can drizzle that at the end.
0: Kids like dunking things. What's but you know, drowning it in ranch dressing or Russian dressing really is not necessarily so healthy. What do you? What's your favorite dunkers?
1: Olive oil is good as long as they don't have too much. But olive oil is okay.
0: Yeah. Um. And how about are there? Can you take like Greek yogurt and season it up?
1: Yeah, you can make you. Or uh, Greek yogurt is good, and you could add some spices. You know, add some flavoring to it. Also, hummus is great. Yeah. So the hummus is excellent. And there's all these different flavored hummuses that are very good.
0: Yeah, no, I'm amazed. Every time I go to the store, somehow the hummus department has gotten bigger.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. (laughs) And they have some, as long as you don't get, Sarah, the chocolate hummus. That's dessert. You know, that's dessert.
0: You say that like it's a bad thing. You said chocolate's good. Cocoa's very good for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says
0: the woman who doesn't eat it. But yes. <laughs> it's, I think that's the perfect guilt-free snack.
1: Exactly. Yes. A little exactly. Yeah, Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate.
0: You know. Yes. Dark chocolate. Not milk chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah. And same thing. Dark chocolate is actually very satisfying. It doesn't take a lot to satisfy.
1: Exactly. It does not. Yeah. It does not.
0: All right. All right. Any parting shots you'd like to share before I let you on your way?
1: You know, I think we want to... Look at food as a positive, not as a negative. So instead of, I can't eat this and I'm not eating this and I don't want to do this, you want to embrace it from a, okay, I'm going to try to eat you know, healthy protein at each meal, whether it's chicken, fish, eggs, beans, hummus. I'm going to try to vary my vegetable routine. I'm going to make sure to have at least two different types of fruit today and do it from a positive exercising, not because I have to burn calories, but I'll feel better. I'll manage my stress. I'll, I'll be able to handle my day better. So I think when we look at food and lifestyle from a positive place, as opposed to a negative, I think that that will make life easier.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And again, right now it's such an, you know, it's a real opportunity while we got nowhere else to go and nothing else to do to explore in the land of food in a, in a constructive way, rather than in a, you know, how much can I fill my, my pie hole way?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: All right. Well, Lisa Young, thank you so much. Your website, drlisayoung.com and people can learn so much from you there. Your books are great portion, all about portions and how to control that. And you make it so much easier (laughs) because it's like, if I just worry about portions, I don't have to worry about all those numbers and calories and stuff.
1: Oh, you can't worry about those numbers because they're not even accurate. You know, like people are sitting there counting their calories, but when you ask them what's your portion, they have no idea. So how could the calories even be right? Yes. Just keep it simple, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You make it so simple. All right. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Thank you so much, Lisa. You
1: too. My pleasure. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye. I'm talking to Dr. Lisa Young about maintaining your weight during stressful times and as is happening now with the quarantine when your activity level is suddenly reduced. Dr. Young is the leading expert on how to lose and maintain weight by focusing on portions rather than calorie counting. Her actionable and easy to follow advice is just one from the thousands of experts featured in our twice monthly newsletter, Bottomline Personal, who provide their expert advice to guide readers into action in their own lives. In addition to Dr. Young's advice on weight loss, diet, and nutrition, Bottomline Personal is filled with actionable advice on all aspects of your life, including smarter home maintenance, having a better marriage, finding the best insurance retirement planning, smart tax strategies, secrets for getting and staying fit, and even travel to little-known destinations. Bottomline Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for nearly 50 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottomline's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips of all time from our experts. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast.